special episode of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. Uh, If you never listened to the show before, the Grabbing Lunch podcast is where I literally go out and have lunch and casual conversations with comedians, actors, writers, directors, musicians, artists of all walks of life. And I try and give listeners a fly-on-the-wall experience. And so that's what the show is. I started it last year on the the host site, SoundCloud, which honestly, I cannot say enough good things about SoundCloud. The people over there, Ben Fox, who is the content manager, they just have some of the best audio programming on the web. You can go sign up for an account for free and listen to music, podcasts, audio books. People create their own content and share it. It's a great community. They're not giving me a penny to say that. I'm just saying it because it is the truth. Uh, While you're signed up for a SoundCloud account, you can sign up and follow the Grabbing Lunch podcast. I'm actually creating this episode right now because just last week, The Grabbing Lunch with Matt Knutson podcast just ticked past 500,000 followers on SoundCloud. I I had no idea it would ever be anything like that when I started it, and so I'm truly grateful and really happy about that and appreciate the support from friends, colleagues, and especially total strangers, uh, because without total strangers, I'm nothing. Uh, When I started the show, the only goal that I had for myself was to just do my best to relax and breathe and be myself as much as possible and avoid interviewing people. Uh, I found nine times out of ten when we're sitting down at lunch together and hanging out, there's really no interview necessary. Stories just seem to flow and nobody really pushes it and we all really have a good time and I think it's really captured in this uh, in this podcast. So I'm very I'm very pleased about that. So um what can I say? I, what I thought I would do for this is do a special mashup, uh, a remix if you will, dare I say, a clip show. Now, if you've never listened to the show before, this this episode would serve as a nice primer for you. If you have listened to the episodes before, uh, let's just call it a trip down memory lane. Uh, You can see pictures of all the guests, listen to previous episodes, or find links to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. It's all on the website grabbinglunch.com. Hey, while you're on the internet, by all means, check me out too. I'm at Matt. Knudsen.com, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Uh, you can sign up for my email list for upcoming shows and events, including the release of my next stand-up comedy album, American. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matt Knudsen, or follow me on Twitter, at Matt Knudsen. So, uh, so that is it. This is the Grabbing Lunch 
500,000 followers on SoundCloud special. So with that, here are my lunches with Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, Micah Sherman, Todd Glass, Troy Conrad, Dave Ross, Jake Weissman, Alan Strickland-Williams, Henry Phillips, Patrick Keene, Howard Kramer, Paul Danke, Jackie Casey, and Aaron Foley. Rick Overton, Jonathan Kite, Steve Beniquist, Dave Holmes, Damian Fahey, Moshe Kasher, Brent Weinbach, Nick Thune, Kate Berlant, Maz Jabrani, Jamie Kaler, Kathy Ladman, Paul Provenza, Colin Hay, Ray Abruzzo, John Asher, Baron Vaughn, Ryan Singer, and Aparna Nancherla. Whew. Let's eat. So in this first clip, I sit down with Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Micah Sherman for what amounts to the pilot of the Grabbing Lunch podcast, and we find out the answer to the question that's plagued comedians for generations. Are you always on? I mean, if you want to be on fire the whole time, <laughs> that's no. I definitely want to. Do, do whatever you want. I Let's don't care. Let's just say I don't have an off switch. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your signatures, like I put the on in don't. <laughs> you know when people are like, don't be on. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> no. Without on, don't would just be DT. <laughs> Very true. So I've been I was on uh, a podcast in, in Minneapolis the other day. Yes. And I've done I've done it before. Like the guy's a radio show and a podcast. So I've done two radio shows and two podcasts in two years. I'm <laughs> Michael Sherman's on. I'm on. And, they, you know, certainly when I am on podcasts or on the radio, you know, to promote my shows, I'm, I'm purposely... I put the off and off-putting. <laughs> Great. I put the... Mike is always off. Uh, yeah. I'm I put the off, off and on. And off-putting. I'm, I'm, I'm off playing golf. Off I'm off-putting. Yeah. I'm off and off and on. <laughs> <laughs> off and off and on and on. I'm that's on, a, that's I'm my. Off and off I'm, and on. I'm off and off and on and on. Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm off and off and off and on. I belong to off and off anonymous. Off and off and on anonymous. <laughs> off and off and on and on. Elephant. Uh, let's relax. Um, so you had uh, oh, yeah. two podcasts, two radio shows, and so they were. You know, the question often comes up is like, "Wow, you're man, you, you don't you don't need coffee. Like, what happens if? Uh, hey, you are you like this all the the time and I'm like I'm like this all the time that I'm being like officially hired to promote myself right uh, yes I perform when I'm in a performance situation right. like I had a, a girl that I was seeing that I am seeing she was there and they were like hey is he like this all the time and she or can you get him to shut up sometimes and she's like yep yeah, I mean yeah yep uh, sometimes Almost all the time yep yeah, yeah. just turn the microphone off Real? and yeah. give him a book let him sit on the couch and we stare into each other's eyes yeah do you always talk like you're being on the radio? Yeah. Are you always interviewing people? <laughs> Tell me, how often do you not ask people questions? Yeah. Is that microphone part of your hand? <laughs> Answer honestly. You can tell me. It's yeah. just between us. I put the on and honest. I like I like this. I like a character who's like who's always on and he's like trying to read a magazine or trying to read a book. He's like, oh, I keep <laughs> Call me Ishmael. Well, I might. I think I might call you Ishmael if I could see your face. Buy me dinner first. Oh my god. Ishmael is your ale. So you can only get through like three sentences a day. In a it was the best of times. Sure, it was. Never taking in any information. 
I'm never available for real connection. <laughs> Too busy. He's coming up with bits. Whole life is a missed connection. Uh, sometimes that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really a spotlight grabber in the traditional sense. I don't need to be like the center of attention. I mean, it's like you're saying, you have that venue, you have that format. It's like when people came to your show and you have the, the microphone, it's, you know, not everyone has to be the class clown all the time. Mike, it's like you aren't. <laughs> ooh, ooh. That was a cold bust. Oh, fight, 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 fight. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I, I don't know what just happened, but it's fine. <laughs> I don't have to talk about it. Leave it to Mike Kaplan to take the high road. Good job, buddy. Uh, so in this next clip, I went out to lunch with Todd Glass and Troy Conrad, and they talked about the people that come to shows, even though they don't like comedy, if that makes sense. But every scene, there's the people that are there because they truly love comedy. Yes. And they found it. And it doesn't mean just because you were there when there was 20 people, because they're the real, they're, the, they're just the first finders of the scene. And yeah, that is cool. That doesn't mean the next group that comes along is the worst audience in the world. They find out about it. But then there's like this other group that comes along. They're not really into comedy. They just found out it was a scene. And you go, so sometimes you look into the crowd, and this doesn't really happen yet at the meltdown, but it will. There's, to me, everybody it I look. Yeah. And it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, right. Still, overwhelmingly, the, the nerd melt is going to be, the, it's, it's going to be fucking awesome. Because you know what? Eventually, some of those hipsters started integrating into the into the right. UCB. Yes, yes, yes. But still, overwhelmingly, those UCB audiences, and to this day, yes. are fucking awesome. Oh, right. But for me, it's making eye contact with them, and I think I'm, I, because I hold those audiences with such hard rega high regard because they deserve it. Yeah. Um, I look at someone, and if they're not look like they're having fun, sometimes I'll take responsibility. Why shouldn't I? I'm not at a shitty comedy club. And then I figure it out. Oh, you're not here because you like comedy. You're just here because you found out it was a scene. Yes, yes, yes. And you might never come back. That's exactly I it. I remember I was on a show with uh, Jonah Ray, and uh, he said when they were getting it started, he had postcards that he put on the windshields of cars that were parked in the neighborhood just to get it started. So for that to become a thing that's now a show on Comedy Central, that's yeah. pretty pretty when, cool. When we, when we were, uh, our first year in at the Edinburgh French Festival was set list. That's a really tough festival to start your first year, and it just so happened that about two weeks into the show, we got a five-star review in nice. the Scotsman, in the biggest paper, and I was selling. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And Paul and everyone else who had been to the festival before, they all said, oh, no. And I said, wait, wait, wait why would you be upset with that? They go, oh, you'll see tonight. And I go, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, ah, it, just, it just changes the crowd. So guess what happens? We do this show. And every night had been this amazing And By the way, right. at the other previous nights, we would do a second show. Our show was at midnight. And then we would end at about 1.15. And then we would do another show wow. at 1.30 or 1.40. And they'd stay until 3 o'clock. And it was like young kids, passionate. Everybody's laughing, having a great time. They're there for the show. Mm -hmm. They're supporting the comics. That that five star night, that first night, the crowd was literally just had no like they they were a little bit older and just different. They were they weren't the same people. Like they right. got tickets quickly and they came and. 
man, they were just cro- arms crossed uh, and wouldn't say anything. They're like, why would this show get five stars? This was this <clears throat> makes no sense. Just to disprove because, it. Because yeah, because right. they weren't interested in seeing what comics were doing and seeing how they come get into stuff. They wanted to see the five stars. They only cared about the stars, not the people, not right. the show. Well, that's Shit why. That's why I think. You know what? Let's hear this story. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Try to bring my music, everybody. <laughs> he sure does. Man, that was so funny. I, I, I thought about that for days after uh, <laughs> he just set his iPhone down by the speaker. Hilarious. Okay, uh, in this next clip, I sit down with the women of comedy, uh, Dave Ross, Jake Weissman, and Alan Strickland-Williams. We were at IHOP, and um, we saw a pretty big-time celebrity guest, and you're not going to guess who it is because I'm going to tell you it was Leah Romini. Leah Romini at IHOP. Uh, I like that. Uh, this is this meal is called International Crate Passport, as if like eating is a ticket to another world. Oh you know God, I mean? it better like, be. Oh my God. God. I'm so sick of my life. <laughs> yeah. I better order this crape. It is too international heaven. gun in your mouth. <laughs> and then it puts in Spanish combo de crepe pasaporte internacional, just so you really get the picture. Sure. What does that mean? It doesn't sound like English. It just means I'll like this. They, they should actually yeah. be like a little uh, That's asterisk. <laughs> no, it's okay. Juice eat this. No, sir. Juice eat this. That's so funny. And then we were pointing out before, uh, there's a sign actually on the table that says, oh, okay. please pay your server. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Are you ready to order? Um, you want me to come back in a minute? One minute. Just one more minute. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, it says, please pay your server please pay there. your server. I didn't realize that was an option. Like I realize now they might mean that maybe don't go up to like the center, like that booth and pay, but it right. just, it's way funnier to not know things. Our initial impression was the funniest way to go yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, I've completed the meal. What do I do now? Just leave? Or No, no. Actually, it's true. Server. All the other booths don't say it. Well, that one, yeah. This is like the trouble booth. Right. This very Three different booths have to pay up there. It's, it's like true. Real, Maybe Leah Ramini doesn't pay your server. Uh, do you want to tell who we saw with Jake? Did you with Leah Ramini? Yeah, I still don't know if she can she's, hear us, but no, yeah. she's, I didn't she's, see her. In, she... She's three booths down from us as we speak. Yeah, but the, we, yeah, but we're kind of in a box. The Queen of Queens is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel there like you go. Yeah. Sorry, that took so long. I opened the door for her. She called me sweetie. That's nice. She and she cute? made she she's looked so cute, at me and I'm smiled, sure. and she was very nice. She's very very nice. She's nice. Yeah. What are you going to get, man? You know what? I mean, I don't. Do you guys know what you're getting? We should I ask her if she'll be in a women's sketch. <laughs> yeah, or at least make an appearance on our podcast. Dude, do, actually, do I, do any of you have, like, a screenplay in your car? <laughs> just only walk by and just, like, only slide five. it on her table. <laughs> what I was thinking of you when I wrote this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? The script is called Leah. Yeah. Uh, I... I'm going to get. I think I'm going to get oatmeal. Uh, it's been a while. I just want to point out you ordered a decaf coffee and you're about to get an oatmeal. That's like a, the meal of a 71 year old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my minivan and uh, blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. I uh, saw Dave Ross recently and he did not blow his brains out in a minivan. So uh, this next clip is with Henry Phillips and Patrick Keene. Uh, we're at the Pally House in West Hollywood, and we talked about the importance of introductions. So many funny stories that come out of Dayton. Dayton? It's the hotbed for... Well, 
The classic one recently was um, my buddy Joe List was doing a show there, and uh, Jeff Tate showed up to do a guest spot. And the MC said, "Hey, what do you want me to say about you?" Well, it's funny, guys. And Tate says, uh, "Just say Craig Ferguson." MC brings him up, and he goes, uh, "All right, everybody, give it up for Craig Ferguson." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. oh. it's the only place where you could really imagine a person doesn't know that a TV show called. That's amazing. I bet, and Tate's the kind of guy that that's hilarious. Sure talk to him about it. You know. How do you follow that? What do you? I know. Hey, everyone, I'm not I the hope. person you thought I was. By the way, I'm not Greg Burke. Yeah. Now, I was actually uh, at the Improv on the show with Kevin Farley. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kevin looks a lot like Chris. Yeah. And MC is like, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Farley. Oh, it was like, I was oh, there. Were you? Yeah, that was uh, Chance, right? Yeah. At the improv? Eric yeah, he felt so bad. Oh, my God. And what do you, I mean. It was and, so funny. Give it up, everybody, for Chris Farley. <laughs> People were like, what? What? And Kevin came out and got less of He was just like, I'm not Chris. He was, he was very funny. He was very nice. Oh, about it. dude. Chance felt terrible, but I could see you making that mistake. Because mm-hmm. there's another Farley brother, too, uh, John. He yeah. doesn't look like either one. Right, he doesn't look. Yeah. But in our generation, it's like Chris Farley just rolls right off of your tongue. Uh, like, absolutely. Especially if you're like getting him out of the corner of your eyes. It's like, I'm about to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line between being healthily ignorant, but there's some things you got to know, I think. You know, it's like. Like that story of Dice going to the improv a couple years ago, and somebody that worked there was like, uh, Oh, do you do comedy? Oh, it's Andrew Dice Clay. It's like, Oh, Jesus. Patrick Keene didn't have the heart to admit he was the one that said that to Dice. I'm kidding. I, uh, in this next clip, I went to lunch with Howard Kramer and Paul Danke, and we supposed how Kanye West rented AT&T Park in San Francisco to propose to Kim Kardashian, and we found out. Which captain is not going down with the ship? Let's play it out. Hey, hey, yo. Yo, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the president of AT&T. Hello. Hey, yo. Uh, I want to use this stadium tomorrow to propose to my girl. Okay, and uh, who is this? Kanye. I'm not aware of anything in Oh, fam. Okay. <laughs> I love this uh, reality that Kanye's making the call himself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's doing all the legwork in his life. Hey, yo. <laughs> and that's his opener. Yeah. Yo. I, yeah, I, I yeah. think so. Well, I know right. Justin and Bieber see- rented out the Staples Center to, like, for a private concert for Selena. Actually, I take that back. They watched Titanic at the Staples Center with <laughs> Selena Gomez, and he rented it out. Wait, why do you have to watch a movie at the Staples Center? Because he's an asshole. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an asshole. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't even sound like it would make it better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we watched the movie on a cruise ship. Like, that's that's kind of cool. Well, that's yeah, that's that's a trip actually. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. Watch t- the Titanic. You know, they have all those rock band cruises and stuff, and yeah. comedy cruises. Titanic cruise. Yeah, you know the Titanic violin just sold. The one that played as this as oh. a song. It was oh, like cool. at, at like uh, Sotheby's auction. I think it sold for like. Like five five hundred fifty thousand, something like that. Wow, that's you know what? That's worth it. That's a neat artifact. Yeah, with a real cool story behind yeah. it. Yeah, I would like it better if it was like good music. 
You know what I mean? Like Nirvana. Like if Nirvana was on a cruise ship that went down, then maybe I buy like Kurt's guitar. What happens if Kid Rock's cruise goes down? Does he keep playing or does he get the fuck off that cruise? I don't know, but I'd buy those turntables. <laughs> but I don't know about the violin. Even if it was like, yeah. I think if the Kid, Kid Rock cruise ship went down, it'd be like the, uh, the that Greek captain on the on the cruise boat that like he was in the first leg boat out. Yeah, he's like, See, good night, everyone. Later. Yeah. And I rent this boat. It's not my boat. What was it? That was a. And he looks just like Kid Rock. Costa Concordia. Well, I think that was the yeah. Well, it was. A couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, but they just uh, what? It was like a cruise ship that sank. Yeah, and like this Greek captain, he uh, he was like the first wave of people that abandoned ship. Oh right, I remember to be, like, that. Captain goes down with the ship. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. Not this captain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you out. Are wrong. <laughs> He's like, they're gonna be on my ass anyway and blaming me for this. Like, why am I gonna like hang out to look polite? <laughs> well, when you put it that way, Howard, it makes perfect sense. All right, uh, in this next clip, I, uh, I sat down with Jackie Cation and Aaron Foley, and we learn why sometimes there's a mustache in your cranberry sauce. And green salad, potato salad, red coleslaw. Can I pay extra for a little cup of soup? Never yes. say you pay extra. He might have I'm thrown it in there. I'm from he might have just hooked you up. He could have Did just you recommend anything to do with this stack of twenties? I just I don't know. Door County. Okay. Well played, though. Well, I would have not charged you if you were from Door County, but oh, she's from Door County. I it, uh, I have driven past Door County, which is the I used thumb to of Wisconsin. In, uh, Door County, when it's I lived glamorous. in Downers Grove, Illinois. Oh, very glamorous. Let me tell you something. It's the Cape Cod of Wisconsin. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Come on. The Lake yeah, so Huron Lake Geneva, is the Lake, Lake Geneva. Geneva is um, just a little lake. It's probably 60 miles north of Chicago, so mm-hmm. the bad guys, the mob in Chicago. It seems pejorative to say bad guys, right. but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb <laughs> and say... And use the word pejorative. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. get redundant in there. <laughs> Department of Redundancy This Department. is my penultimate story about yes. this, about these people. Uh, here's So they would go, they would vacation in Lake Geneva. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is there's a lot of cranberries being grown in in, uh, in Wisconsin. A lot right. of people don't know it. One of the cranberry places. I no idea. In the no country. Idea. And the, you grow cranberries in bogs, and so you can bury your dead. You can hide dead bodies. Yeah. So ocean spray to uh, ocean spray. Yes, to ocean spray. To homicide, everyone. <laughs> wait, wait, homicide. wait. We need to back up for ten seconds. You said <laughs> grand cranberries, and my mom, my mind kind of drifted because I was like, oh wait, do a major portion of U.S. cranberries come from Wisconsin? So I didn't hear the sentence that connected. You can bury a body because there's cranberries. Because you grow cranberries in bogs. In bogs. In like bogs. The fields. Right. Gotcha. In like wetlands. So you throw the, I gotcha. I didn't right. hear that connecting because I was like, what, in a bed of cranberries? Yeah. Do you remember when Frodo and Sam and Gollum were going through the paths of the dead? When they were going through the... Just yesterday I was yes. talking. And there we were, were all those dead bodies staring up. It wasn't the paths of the dead. That's where Aragorn went. I'm so right. sorry. Oh, God. I was about to say, wait a minute, <laughs> just for the record... I still don't know what you're talking the about. Dead go ahead. The, the dead marshes. The dead marshes. Roll the tape, Jackie. I know you have it on you. <laughs> it's what I always think of. It's what I always think of when, when I think of the cranberry bogs and the right. Chicago mob. Those right. are the things I think of. So basically what uh, what could be fertilized in the cranberries for ocean spray is Johnny Loose Lips. Yes. Johnny Loose There's Lips. There's composting in a tree in some bog in Yep. Sit down for Thanksgiving dinner and we're going to be thinking about dead, creepy Italian <laughs> gangs. Hey, there's a mustache in my cranberry sauce. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> it felt dishes felt a bad decision. Oh. <laughs> this this jellied cranberry has oh. a thumb in it. Ah, this berry tastes like it can't keep a secret. No higher praise than the reintroduction of your name. So thank you for that, Jackie. Now, in this next clip, I sit down with uh, Rick Overton, Jonathan Kite, and Steve Benequist. And I think as most people usually do, we discuss Paul Giamatti. The illusionist with uh, I, Paul Giamatti. Uh, I learned oh. the, the impression off of an interview that he did yeah, on the radio. Gonna, uh, that was the one of the illusionists. Wow, that's oh, yes. Right here, it just right here. Oh, I can. In the last scene oh, of The Illusionist, where they like tell the story and how it happened, it intercut with him like figuring it out in his mind. Like, oh, this is so basically like the director's like, all right, this is the last scene of the movie. For, for about two minutes, put the pieces together in your mind and we'll intercut. So it's that's a tall order to give to an actor. Like, oh my oh. god, oh. to have to rethink oh. the whole thing, the whole movie. It's just like we're gonna roll on you for about seven minutes. Which, which the, the, the Illusionist with Ed Norton? Oh, yeah. at the same yeah. time. And that the prestige did, and it wasn't the prestige. I have to. Uh, that's seven pages. That's minimum seven, just gray pages. <laughs> There's no black and white anymore. That's the a perfect blur, term for gray, it. Yeah, memorization. That's the trick, man. Well, it's just the director like, yelling. You would be, you'd be so happy someone gave you one of those. Yeah. You would, you would meet it. Yeah, right. Well, the director's just yelling out, "Sadder." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yell out emotional cues. Yeah. Because he used to he used to uh, direct mixed nuts with a Z, <laughs> the improv troupe with Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, right. Nuts. Give me a location and a motivation. <laughs> Give me a, a, motica- a motivation and a level of sadness. A location and a level of despair. <laughs> Shopping mall seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's how all this seems. <laughs> I need a, a suggestion for a reason to be angry. A reason to commit suicide. <laughs> a last note in a suicide note. A last line in a suicide note. Oh, right. shit. Life left me. Life left me. This is bullshit. Did you see him in 12 Years a Slave? He, it was yeah. awesome. That movie was incredible. Yes. yes. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it, it wasn't the only distracting stunt casting in that movie, I thought, was Brad Pitt. Every other celebrity I thought fit right in and was like, this is not taking away from me. Including Giamatti. No, I thought Paul Giamatti looked incredibly accurate. Yeah. People were on there back then. <laughs> they sure were, Steve. They sure were. Uh, you know who's not ugly? Dave Holmes and Damien Fahey. Those guys are easy on the eyes. Uh, and in this clip, we uh, we sat down and ended up talking about the fight or flight reaction and nerves and, and how you handle it. Well, that you have to jump. There's no going back. You right. can't walk out on stage and then walk back. Mm-hmm. No. You can't leave. That would be the weirdest thing ever. Right. Where'd he go? Uh, he just did a walk. He just. Yeah. What did he say? Sorry, guys, just got nervous. Just like, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had people do that. I, I do a, a storytelling show at M Bar, uh, and I, I uh, invited somebody to do it, and she left. Wow. Like, in, just in the middle of the show, it was like, uh, I, I have to go. And just wow. left. And it was like, I know exactly what you're doing. I get it. Like, I, yeah. I totally, I know exactly what's going on in your head. I wish that she had said something to right. me. Right. 
because I would have talked her through it because I have to talk myself through it yeah. every day of my life. Especially if but it's I a woman, totally it. like on the end bars on Vine and like Hollywood, yeah. like kind of sketchy. So like yeah. she yeah. just disappeared into the night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's okay. Yeah, because right. that was a safer place. Yeah, the stage. Oh. Not true. Uh, it, at ASCAT, it's much worse. I've done it myself. And it, it's uh, you get yourself ready to go. The show starts at eight, say, and uh, and so you like mentally program yourself and like, okay, in like ten minutes, this thing's gonna start and everything's gonna feel better in like yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. That's when the feeling better is gonna start. But it, like you're just you're on a spit up until then, right? And then eight o'clock rolls around and Matt Besser goes out into the audience and is just like, it's gone. <laughs> like, How can he be so high. relaxed and cool? But yeah. but like talks to the audience for like twenty five minutes. Yeah, and just just has conversation with the audience, and they roar with laughter. Because yeah, oh, of course. And like and it's but it's just it, the moment goes on fucking ever, and you're just stuck at the edge of the high dive for that entire time. I could yeah. hear him backstage in the in the oh, backstage yeah. room, and everyone else was cool as a cucumber. But yeah. I was backstage, and I heard like him still going. Like, oh, he's still going. He's still going. He's still going. Please, let's yeah. announce my name. Just yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, please. I call that. Just the shoot, you know, it's like right before you get uh, announced, it's like a rodeo. Once you like tie your hand into the saddle, yeah, yeah. open the gate, yeah. Let, let, yeah, whatever's gonna happen, let it happen sooner than later, yeah. yeah. You know, do you get that way for stand up shows? I still get you still do heightened, yeah. Yeah, I did the um, the hot tub yeah. show with uh, Kurt Braunhall oh, yeah. and Kristen Shaw, yeah, and um. And people, they're great. They're super duper great. But I was like back stage in the like the curtained off area, and Kristen was about to introduce me. And just that moment, in and of itself, I was like, I, I, I'm a big fan of hers, and she's like fully legit. But she was giving me like this nice introduction and everything. But I was still like, <laughs> just, just. For the record, I'm not sure I made that exact noise, but it's possible. Uh, in this next clip, I went to Ray's and Stark Bar with uh, Brent Weinbach and Moshe Kasher. Ray's and Stark is at LACMA uh, here in Hollywood, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. And uh, at LACMA, they have a restaurant, and Ray's and Stark's, and it's the only place in the world that has its own water sommelier. For the listeners, here's what's up. Okay. All right, here's what's up. Here's so, what's up. basically, we're, we're here at the, the Raisin and Stark. Raisin Stark Bar. The world's Thank first. Okay. And only. Apparently, the world's first water sommelier is here. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a wide variety of waters that uh, range from. Uh, they the range sweet to salty, smooth to complex, and it's. Uh, there's all these waters here, and I love water personally. Big fan, and it's my yeah, favorite. Enough. It's like my favorite drink. It feels like necessary. It's the it's drink of life. Yeah. Here's what I think. <laughs> and I think we should get the ones that. Oh, so there's. I all think these... he's going to give us a sample of everything. Oh, I think he is. he is too. So, anyway, that's what we're really here for. But we we were interested in the food. So I we guess. just find out that one of the best waters we have oh, in no. terms of looks. Nathan, no, no, yes. no, stop it's right there. No, that's uh, my top water. We can right. Right. Which one? In terms of the looks. Uh, oh, sorry. The water that I was talking about is Kildee. That comes mm. from Dinamar. That one actually, I wanted to bring it over because you can actually see the difference, not mm. just necessarily oh, taste wow. it. Because mm-hmm. it's so high in iron that when you open it and they close it back on, the oxygen that goes in and then you shake the oh, bottle, man. the water basically turns into milk. Wow. It really milk? color. Wow. Because but it it's... forms microscopic little bubbles of oxygen. So it's so high in iron, it will not 
grab the oxygen that is already extra in the bottle. So uh -huh. what it does is the bottle, the, the oxygen tries to get within the chemicals of the water okay. and is unable to, so it just forms little tiny, tiny microscopic bubbles take uh, out during the color. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just This is like you're describing okay. the most beautiful woman in the world <laughs> at the whorehouse. Yes. And you're like, unfortunately, she's not working exactly. today. Exactly. I mean, what's the point? Why do this to us? It's so oh, painful. Man. She's the only reason we're coming. See, she's not here. She's yeah. sick. See, if I was a guy standing on the outside of the uh, dancing yeah. club, the like, date. Oh, we got yeah. these girls. Oh, they, we got but the best girls not dancing. Did you say it's the, this yeah. one? Is this she's in a walk-on cast right yeah, now. Yeah, everybody's available I just stay uh, home. except for the Dinamar one. Oh, oh, okay. Where's the Dinamar? It's killed. The Dinamar. Oh, we killed it. All right, well, what are we going to do? You can't... Yeah. Fight reality. Yeah. No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so do? good. It's like milk. I think that's your next book. No, can't fight reality. Can't fight reality. Would yeah. you like to decide on your own water, or you want? Uh, I think I think Martin was going to yeah? talk okay. to us about yeah. a couple yeah. uh, things. But yeah. Thank you. Man, that's a bummer, huh? I know. That's too bad. It sounded it's so interesting. So hilarious how d intricately he described it, though. True. Yeah. Like just to make it really attractive. I just—it's <laughs> too bad because that sounds so awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a, it looks like a milk. Yeah. I, I want to try that. Water. I actually have something that if you shake it long enough, a milky. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Go on. Is it, no, no, go is on. It, can I drink from it? You can. Yeah. You know, when I listen back to that, I, 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 it doesn't feel like they're talking about water. Huh. So in this uh, next clip, I sat down with Nick Thune and Kate Berlant. Uh, we got Bloody Marys. And we realize that sometimes the road less traveled is less traveled for a reason. Yeah. You see, I'm bouncing between the steak and the eggs and this chilaquiles. 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 Well, there's $3 mimosas, guys. $3. Come on. Wow. Oh, maybe that'd be better than a Bloody Mary. Mm, Bloody or you Mary. could also get a Bloody Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Bloody Leroy. Have you seen that? There's actually a whole Bloody... Menu. So the Bloody Mary, the Sriracha Bloody Mary, mm. which is I with love tomatillo. This call. This call the Bloody Mariner, the Bloody Leroy, but the Bloody Marine. One time I got a Bloody Mary with tequila in it. Bloody Maria? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it took me down a real bad path. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't one drink those, in the shower anymore. Almost like Robert Frost, the road that you're not supposed to take. <laughs> <laughs> the road less traveled in the worst possible way. The Sriracha Bloody Mary, though, could be too spicy? Or? It could be too spicy. Yeah. Did you hear about what, how the plant, the Sriracha yeah, plant? Yeah. No, what happened? Breaks my heart. Did you yeah. make any decisions? You don't have to. Um, Do you have a favorite of Bloody Mary's? Can you do this? Oh, no. Um, I think I like... Oh, God. I know it's hard. I like the regular one or the Leroy. I like the barbecue sauce one. I'm not a big spicy, though, fan, so if you're a spicy fan, like, the sriracha's really great, but The I, bloody Leroy? Is it violently yeah. spicy? No, but it's spicy. That's yeah. <laughs> a bloody... The bloody Royale. <laughs> oh, it comes with, like, all this stuff in it. Right. What do they call it in the uh, English, English burger slider? <laughs> oh, I didn't see it. Whoa. Pepperjack cheese. <laughs> I think the Bloody Royale would be the whole meal. It's got like a yeah. cheese and 
Oh, it's it's with a hamburger in it. They're tiny. Hamburger in the drink. Yeah. Well, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the buns? It's a floater. It's a burger floater. Come on. Okay. Come on, man. I have a pepper jack cheese floater in it. That's hilarious. Well, I guess we need a second. Yeah. I'm gonna go original. Yeah. I'm gonna go original too. Three Bloody Marys. Sure. Yeah. Is gonna. Can I get oatmeal in mine? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Thune, health nut. Uh, in this next clip, I went to lunch with Maz Jabrani and Jamie Kaler. We went to Greenblatt's Deli on the Sunset Strip, which is actually right next to the Laugh Factory, and it's almost the unofficial green room for the club. And we talked about crazy neighbors. My next door neighbor who is 93 and still lives alone and is former CIA. Wow. Which he told he could only tell me finally one day he goes he goes, it's finally been declassified. I'm CIA, I can tell you now. And I'm like, okay, 92-year-old guy. You live next to George. One time his house a little uphill, so I see this fountain of water and Blasting out for like hours, and I'm like, I figure he's dead watering the garden. Like, gosh, not a bad way to go. So I go over, I open his gate, he's in um, like a button shirt, no underwear. Wow, but naked watering, and I'm like, oh, Frank, sorry about that. He got him, he's like, but he's 93, and he lives alone, and so he, uh, he goes, I'm, I'll prove it to you. I'm gonna send your dog uh, a postcard from Costa Rica. We'll get it tomorrow. And I go, okay, I'm not sure what that proves, but ah. yes. Right. So the next day we get a postcard to Max the dog from Frank in Costa Rica. In the city. That's great. Yeah. yeah, he was like a he was a rocket scientist guy. But what does it? But what that just proves that he's got hey, something in Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. And I was like, same. I was like, okay, Frank. But just if you made it, like, you send a statement. You're like, so my neighbor who's watering the grass with no pants says he's going to send my dog a postcard from Costa Rica. That's it's just like, happened. are you CIA or insane? Yeah. The day I met him, he was cutting the roses. He was cutting roses. I, I had just moved in the house, and there was this old guy cutting the roses off my front yard bush. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. How's it going? He goes, oh, hey. I was like, he just totally ignored me and kept cutting the flowers. I go, oh, I moved in here. He goes, oh, great. I kept cutting them. And then at the end. And he goes, oh, you don't mind. The, the, the guys who used to live here let me cut them. And he goes, I put them on my dead wife's grave every week. You, what am I going to go? No. Oh, that's hilarious. No, you cannot. <laughs> Fucking Frank. You. It's a new regime. And you're dead wife. That's my Here's the question. Fuck your dead wife. Everyone's got, like, the crazy neighbor. He's actually turned out to be really, really a good guy. So the, and the, like, we've got, we've got, like, a, a guy that was, when we were first moving in, he was he was like walking around in fatigues, and we thought he was some like Vietnam vet or something. Sure. Turns out he's been there forever. Fatigues. He's a little crazy. His mate, his his his, his uh, roommate, well, the guy who lives with him, is a little crazy. But then the nicest people yeah. in the world. Right. But my question is, do crazy neighbors recognize other crazy people in the neighborhood, or do they just go, oh, do they recognize that they're kind of crazy? Like, do they understand? I'm sure the crazy neighbors think they're the sanest people on the block. All right, uh, in this next clip, I went to lunch with comedy legends Kathy Ladman and Paul Provenza. Uh, we went to Umami Burger, and it was so fun hanging out with him because they've known each other for years, and it uh, it really showed in their rapport, and I just kind of spent the afternoon <laughs> listening to cool stories. Did you see this board game now? There's a board game. 
It's like Trivial Pursuit, but no, all the really answers, you have to identify logos, brand logos. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, a com- it's, it's so a, disturbing. It's so commercial. Yeah. yeah. So disturbing. Yeah. There was some video I saw on YouTube. This this guy, like, was sitting down with uh, five-year-olds at a kindergarten, and he, like, had pictures of the presidents, and they, they you know, they were, like, flashing him, and then they, like, got to Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. They oh, yeah. all knew. They all wow. knew all the characters. Yeah, of course. You know. Me Colonel love- Sanders. Milan, all of a sudden, like, from out of nowhere, we're sometimes saying, keys, 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 keys on the If it's just shrill and annoying enough, it burrows in oh. to your brain. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so tired of it all. I really am. So tired of having everything rammed down my throat. And that includes your husband. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm tired of it, too. Yeah, I'm completely tired of it. Completely. Hey, I have a question for you. I was talking with somebody about this. Uh, I was talking with Dan Pasnick about this just, oh, just okay. l- the other night. What's the story with you and Jerry Seinfeld in college? Who started doing stand-up first? Um... Jerry and I met. I'm so tired of telling this story, but I'll tell it for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a, it's Jerry a and I request. Jerry When's the last time you had to tell the story? In, enough times. Really? But Jerry and I met on a team tour to Israel. That's right, the wow. team tour. Right, and we wow. became boyfriend. He was like my first boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I was 15 and he was 16. And during that summer, we used to talk about comedy and stand up, and he remembers that I told him I was the first person who ever told him you could be a stand-up comic. Wow. He will credit me with that. Right. That's great. Yeah, that's but, amazing. But then we, I broke up with him uh-huh. and he was very sad. And um, I understand. A 16-year-old getting I'm sure he does. <laughs> and um, then I ended up going to Queens College for a semester and I kind of kept some sporadic touch with him and I knew he was going there. So I told him I was going there for a semester and we re-hooked up in college. Right. But but who started doing stand up first? Jerry started doing stand up first, like four or five years before I did. And then and then he he encouraged, he encouraged you, right? Okay. Because I was very frustrated, right. I was scared, I didn't want to. I was I wanted to do it, but I was afraid. And he encouraged me by letter mostly because he was in California and I was in New York still. And he wrote me letters and told me like that he ran a line of mine by some of his friends and they thought it was funny. These are many people who've done national television. <laughs> <laughs> Nationally televised comedians can't be wrong. So cool hearing those stories and hanging out with uh, Kathy Ladman and Paul Provenza. I remember when I was in high school and kind of coming up and thinking about doing comedy and just so into it. I remember watching them on early Comedy Central or the uh, the HBO specials, Rodney Dangerfield stuff, uh, the A-List. So it was really cool to have that moment and almost didn't feel real. Uh, speaking of things that didn't, feel real. Uh, I did a movie last year. It was, uh, it was called Somebody Marry Me. It was a one-take feature film. It was 98 minutes without a cut. Uh, the star of the movie was Ray Abruzzo from The Sopranos and Mad Men. And the writer-director is John Asher. And I wanted to invite them out to lunch and hang out because I hadn't really seen them since the shoot. Uh, about 20 minutes before our lunch, Ray texted me and said, would you mind if Colin Hay joins us? Uh, Colin Hay is the former lead singer of Men at Work. Uh, do you come from a land down under? Who can it be now? Amazing. So uh, needless to say, the door could not be more wide open for Colin Hay to join us. And, you know, eventually 
as people do, we told jokes about parrots. Yeah. Well, it was like there was the, uh, the, the magician on the Titanic. Right. And <laughs> the, the act after him was a guy with a talking... This is a true story. <laughs> You're laughing. People, people yeah. died, people John. Died. <laughs> we don't care about people. 1,200 people. of them. You know how many people died? <laughs> Come on. The magician on the Titanic oh, yeah. disappeared. So, but the act after him was this guy with this talking parrot. So every time the magician would do a trick, the parrot would say, oh, I know how you do that. It's up your sleeve. Oh, I know how you do that. It's behind your back. Oh, I, I, I know how you do that. There's a secret compartment. And it went on night after night. The parrot would just blow every magic trick, yeah. telling the audience how the guy does the trick, right? So fun. Titanic, what happens? So I guess yeah, six, iceberg, right. Yeah. <laughs> iceberg, Goldberg, what's yeah. the That's another joke. It's just, it's semantics. It's anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's another joke. <laughs> so like, the boat goes down, and uh, the, uh, the uh, magician's hanging on. He's hanging on to his trunk. Everybody's dying. There's nobody, everybody's drowned. There's nobody around. He looks over and... <laughs> Race is way over. Jumps up one thing. He goes, "What happened to the fucking boat? <laughs> what you do with the boat? <laughs> what you do with the boat? Not what happened to it, right? What you do with the boat? That's the punchline. It's the one trick you didn't know. Right. <laughs> what you do with the boat? It took too long. That's but okay. it's funny. That's right. What you do with the boat my is funny. My favorite is how excited you got it. Parrots and jokes are just the best. What? Oh, parrot, parrot jokes. jokes. My, oh, my wife. My favorite jokes are parrot, parrot jokes. jokes. There's a lot of ah! parrot jokes. Because you get to do the voice. It's the whole thing. I, that's what I miss, too. Ah! I can do the voice. Okay. Yeah. Behind your back. I have a... You could hurt yourself. I have a parrot joke that I can't tell on here, but... Why you can't? We've already said everything. I've got a quick parrot joke about a guy who's... His apartment keeps on getting burgled. Mm-hmm. So he goes down to the pet shop and says to the guy, Listen, you got a guard dog? And he says, my, my apartment keeps on getting, getting broken into. And the guy says, No, he said, I don't have any dogs. He says, But I've got a parrot. He says, Very, very good. He said, He can, he can say, he goes, well, What's he going to do? He says, He can, call, he can dial 911. He goes, Fuck, <laughs> give me the parrot. So he takes a parrot home. On Friday night, he decides to go out. The parrot said nothing all week. His parrot's just in his cage. <laughs> and he goes out. He goes out to go to a party, some of the parrots in there. All of a sudden he sees these two guys, Jimmy in the window. The parrot sneaks along, gets out of his cage, sneaks through the door, sees the telephone, knocks the telephone off, dials, goes 911, 911. Voice goes, what's your emergency? And he goes, Polly, what a cracker! It is an emergency. Parrot emergency. Oh, that's great. Yeah, my wife used to have, uh, before we got together, an African gray parrot, which oh, like, are very they have the, the biggest, and they yeah. have big vocabulary, but they, um, the, she and her uh, ex-husband mm. rescued it from this, this woman used to have, and this isn't even a joke, this is all true. She had an antique shop and kept the African gray parrot on the desk the whole time. And so every time the phone would ring in, oh. in their place, the, the, the bird would say, hello, <laughs> and follow it up with, oh, hi, hi. My wife does the best impression, and it just painted such a picture of that woman yeah. at the antique shop. Hello, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> like answering the phone, being surprised yeah, by who it was, and he entertained. It's just like, oh, this is so great. Wow. Oh, hi. Ha, 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 ha.
My wife still does a much better parrot than I do. Uh, this next clip is actually from, uh, from an episode I did with Baron Vaughn and Ryan Singer. And basically it's about the law of mutual creation. People call it parallel thinking. It's the phenomenon when you have an idea and then you see somebody else do that idea too. What do you do next? I, I, I done that once to one comic where they said something that was a similar idea but completely different. Right. And it was something that I had done literally the day before. And I was like, well, I, if I want to work on that bit, I should say to him that, like, I have a, just in case he sees me, he's not going to think that, because they're different enough right. that we can both do our respective right. bits. And that's happened before. I've had a comic, ooh, I had a comic once. I won't name names. Well, Tell just me. give us his first and last name. Okay. Tell me, <laughs> he had a bit. Not middle name. I mean, he went on out of He hadn't seen me do a show for a while. Right. And, you know, I have this whole bit about DuckTales and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about the 90s cartoon theme songs. So we were doing a show together that he was the headliner on, and he said, hey, I heard that you have a bit about DuckTales and stuff. I would appreciate it if you didn't do that joke tonight. Hmm. Because I have something that's not the same angle, but I, I also sing it in a different bit. And I would... Uh, I just feel like it would be weird if we both did that. Right. And by that time, I wasn't even really doing the joke anymore. Right. So it was like a preemptive... Don't do your joke so I can do my Listen, joke. Uh, Baron, I heard that you have a DuckTales thing, and, and I like the joke, and I'd like to do it. I'd like to so do it tonight. So if you could not do it, because uh, I want to I wanna do it if instead was of the, you. If it was the 50s, that's, right. that would be a yeah. real thing. In lieu yeah. of you doing it, I want it. I want hey, to do it. That was yeah. a great joke, kid. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to buy it. I'll buy it for $4. Hey, you can either take the money. sell it. Or I still do it. And that's oh, yeah. how Woody Allen financed his first film. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, um, they had the 50th anniversary of the improv. And it was Wait, just is that like true? A, what? What you just said? The story? About Woody Allen financing his first film. Oh, no. no just, I mean, he sold, a a buttload of, he sold a buttload of jokes before he yeah, started yeah, doing oh, stand-up. But yeah. I don't think he made enough to finance it. That was, uh, you know, the kids in the hall. Uh, that The sketch group. That term was lifted from, like, comedy joke writers or people who had actually literally want to get into the industry they'd wait in the hall outside of the TV writers rooms and they had like material ready to go they're like yeah just uh, anybody got anything and they go to the people that they already hired and if they didn't have an idea or a joke or a premise or something they'd like, ask the kids in the hall let's go ask one of the kids in the hall and that's became like huh. that became a term oh, that makes a lot of sense yeah. it's cool now I don't remember exactly where I picked up that little nugget of trivia all I know is it's true alright we have reached the last clip on the 500,000 followers on SoundCloud clip show of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. It is Aparna Nansherla and Zach Sherwin. Uh, if you guys were paying attention, Zach Sherwin was actually in the first episode that I ever did, the pilot with Mike Kaplan and Micah Sherman. And now here he is again. That tells you. How much I love the guy. And, uh, we hang out a lot, even when our meals are not being recorded. So uh, he's our first double dipper on the podcast. And we ended up talking about a place where comedians find themselves a lot. The airport. My friend has a joke about traveling to small town airports. <laughs> it, it's Matt's joke. <laughs> 
you know you're in a small town airport. Let me see if I can do it. When someone comes on over the intercom and says, no, I screwed it up. You can't say come on twice. That's all right. That was very close. Even the fact that you remember any of my jokes is... I remember the guy's honor. name. Right, the punchline is Ron, come here. Ron, come here. That's yeah. So That's did I ever tell you? That's like based on a true thing. Oh, I, I believe. Yeah, I was yeah. in Greenville, South Carolina. It's a oh. two-terminal airport. There's like one, and then like another one that's right across. And I was like, hey, and he was like trying to get, like yell across to his friend at the other terminal because it was really like maybe 30 yards away. Yeah. The guy was like, I, I, like cupping his ear like he couldn't hear him, and he just picked up the announcement. He was like, and it wasn't Ron come here but he's like yeah we need to talk when you have a second or something like that the announcement over the airport and so you're like uh, this is incredible this is an incredible yeah small town thing but I was just in Boston uh, for a thing oh, yeah and, yeah and when I got in the airport over the intercom they were like Jimmy Fallon please come to gate three <laughs> and I was like is that someone using the name Jimmy Fallon right I feel like Jimmy Fallon at a point where he wouldn't use his I don't think so either. that's right I mean in Boston Jimmy Fallon might be yeah. like a more common name Unless oh, I, like, you might be more so? likely to hear it I mean yeah. you know like a lot of Irish Whoa. people sure sure. Crazy. either that or it's just like a couple of like college buddies they're like hey call yeah, and tell Jimmy Fallon that's, right. what, that's what I thought yeah. it was or maybe anonymous hacked into that <laughs> <laughs> They're like, God, we need to lighten up and do something fun for a change. <laughs> Let's prank. Let's prank. Oh. Either that or that's Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, when I travel, I use it in <laughs> so I don't get as much attention. Like, oh. What's that? That's funny. I think having someone say that's funny is the perfect way to end. This episode of the Grabbing Lunch Podcast, it is my 500,000 followers on SoundCloud special. Uh, And from the bottom of my heart, I'd really like to thank all my guests who have taken time out of their busy schedules to hang out with me. Uh, Everyone who has ever listened to the podcast or shared it with their friends or wrote something nice on iTunes or subscribed on SoundCloud, Stitcher, sent me a tweet, an email, all that stuff. It's so cool and I really deeply appreciate it. Uh, you can go to grabbinglunch.com to see previous guests and listen to episodes. They're all online. Or uh, just find me, Matt Knutson, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N dot com. Uh, I come out with a new episode every Wednesday. Next Wednesday is actually uh, Karen Kilgariff and Chris Fairbanks. So... Do not be a stranger, my friends. It's the Grabbing Lunch with Matt Knudsen podcast. Thank you again for everything. We'll see you next week. And in the immortal words of Russell Simmons, thank you all for coming. God bless. Good night. <laughs>